Hello and good evening and welcome to another podcast of religions, regimes and refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. How are you doing today, my friends? I hope you're having a great time because I'm having a great time too. It is great to be on holiday and I hope you're, you'll be on holiday soon and enjoying the sunshine wherever you are or just a relaxing day on your balcony. Uh, so today we're going to do something um, out of what we've done all this time. Well, actually, it's not very difficult, different from what we've been talking about the last couple of days. Um, we're going to talk about Mecca today. And the reason being, I saw um, a video on, um, on YouTube about flash floods about three months ago in Mecca. They were torrential rains, which normally don't occur in this region, and the area absolutely flooded lock, stock, and barrel. You think that this was uh, you know, the, the, the canyon, the Grand Canyon in, in, um, in, in, uh, um, in, in North America, or there was, you know, California, where you have these flash floods, but... This is Mecca, my friend. So why are we here at this particular point? Why does it happen? Uh, anyway, I saw the video and at the same time, I, I saw something else. And um, I can tell you the, both, the two connected. So I was looking at, uh, this is the month of Ramadan. So I was looking through, you know, data that's coming out, research, to do research, uh, you know, understanding the different days of Ramzan and I've done already a lot of research but during this time you get a lot of information you have these websites Islamic websites giving you details more details and uh, a whole lot of more you know interpretation of Islam coming out and so it's a very good time to do research and and you know um, dig into into issues that are really, really, um, you know, more important and to learn about anything, whether you like it or you don't like it, to learn about an ideology or history or all of the above. So um, on the TRT World website, I found, um, I found, you know, a write-up on something called Laylat al-Qadr. Now, what is Laylat al-Qadr? It is a night when Prophet Muhammad received the first verses of the Quran. Represents, it represents the most sacred period in the holy month for Ramadan for nearly 2 billion Muslims. Associated with abundant blessings, many also believed it is to hold so much power that it can set the tone for the year. That means if you do things well during this time, this month of Ramadan, especially um, the sacred, you know, um, the, this part of the Ramadan, then you absolutely, um, you know, you absolutely, you, you set the tone, your, your good deeds, if you do the good deeds here and you're very sincere, you'll set the tone for the year. Uh, Associated with it's associated with abundant blessings and so on and so forth. Um, Al Laylat Al Qadar is also known as the night of destiny, but the word Qadar in Arabic has many other meanings. It includes power, honor, decree, and the night is named Laylat Al Qadar because it's of utmost significance. Okay, it gives you power, it empowers you, it gives you honor, it gives you decree. Um, on this night, the Prophet Muhammad received the first verses of the Quran through the meditation of the archangel during the, his retreat to the cave of Hira, which marks the beginning of his prophethood, according to the Islamic faith. Uh, as a night of immense 
significant. It believes it is believed to be the night of people, night people's destinies are determined for the year, according to Quran, uh, Surah Al Qadar, chapter ninety seven. Okay, um, so like I said, it's it's of great um, ideological, um, spiritual significance, and people's path, the your equation is set for the year, and Muslims believe that whoever prays with absolute sincerity will have their sins forgiven on this night, and the reward for this worship will be multiplied several times over. And the exact date of Laylat al Qadar is not known, but it is believed to fall. Within the last 10 nights of Ramzan, the, fo- the Muslim holy month of fasting. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Absolutely. It, it, it resembles Christianity a lot. Believe me, when you do this during Lent, we, they have Ramzan, we have Lent, 40 days of Lent. And during 40 days of Lent, they tell you exactly the same thing. And if you pray during the month of Lent, this is exactly the same. Uh, your sins will be forgiven. Jesus will forgive you. God will forgive you. It is the most important of all sin uh, of all months. Uh, you must fast. You must be sincere. And that's, this will sort of, you know, define who you are for the, for the year to come uh, until the next Lent. And you must be good because you then you will be good for the whole year and God will bless you. And all this as I used to call it, shikabang-bang, because you can't define your destiny, your currents and waves, okay? It's your currents that form the waves. Praying is not going to make your currents and waves um, go anywhere. But if people want to believe it, look, I am all for it. It makes you feel happy. It heals you. It's spiritually, unspiritually, whatever way, by all means, go ahead. I am not against it whatsoever. How you choose to heal and to go forward with your life is your business, and kudos to everyone who follows what they choose to follow. Uh, but I look at things differently. I look at things historically, geograph- ge- geologically, and geographically, okay? When I look into um, an issue, I'm always going, where did this issue come about? Uh, and I will pinpoint the area. What is the geological area around this? What is the geological foundation of this? What is the geographical foundation? What is the area like? Who, um, how long has it existed? How much data do we have in this area? How far can we go back? Uh, I'm looking at the astronomical issue. What part of the astronomy does it, we have the data for? So does the data come in the last 10,000 years? Does the data come in the last 5,000 years? Does the data come... Pre, uh, pre this procession cycle, that means more than 10, 12,000 years. So I'm looking for data as much as possible geographically, geologically, astronomically, because you know we know that astronomically we are cyclic, so different periods in the procession cycle that makes us up will, will define the different uh, geo- geographies, the 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 life on earth will go through different cycles and that's important to know then you look at the history then you look at the economics and you look at the politics okay so this is the long and short of the story uh but so i was looking and when i was looking i i've already researched a lot in mecca it's it's this is not really the first time that i'm i'm looking at it um, um you know i've done this for a very very long time uh so i basically had information so I'm looking at other information that was out there, and I found this flash floods. I'm going to put the link on, on, on my podcast, and you can click on it. 
the flash floods in Mecca three months ago. In Mecca, three months ago, we are looking at um, what? We are now April, so this is around January. And it was sad, literally. I mean, people, it, it was really sad. We were like, oh my God, it, it came, you know, it, it was not even a couple of days. It was really fast. And only tells you one thing, if water accumulates so fast, that means that the ground absorption capacity is not very much, okay? You could say that, yes, there's all now concrete. Mecca used to be, uh, Mecca used to be uh, sand, but now it's all concrete because they've concretized it. No, that's not true, okay? Yeah, it, it, the part of it is true, yes, but part of it is not true. Um, because Mecca always had, is a low-lying area, okay? Once upon a time, where that well, there is only one well in Mecca, and that's why the well, that's called Zamzam well, and there was no other well, and, and caravans would stop there um, to to drink and people all the pilgrims would stop there to drink water the well now this one well is serving this whole area the hi history says that well there were ten thousand people soldiers yeah you can't feed ten thousand people with one well but there's only one well now uh remember something the earth circumambulates below the earth um it, it spins like a top below the earth is aquifers and these aquifers have water finds its own balance okay um the the issue here is a, a sea or a river what's a sea or a river it's the same as the aquifer below if there's a depression in the earth okay then that water table comes above and it forms it forms a river it forms a, a rivulet an inlet okay uh, and if it's even more deeper it forms the seas so the oceans and this and the atlantic ocean the pacific ocean and all these oceans are the same water table that you get below the earth the only thing that there's a depression in the land and so you have these seas um, it's formed by the tectonic plates moving but if the the land is over the water table then you don't see it uh and so the water table is not the problem the water table is always there uh it's the land that is either depressed that means there's a depression or it's it's uh more fermented upwards there's more uh crust over the earth over the earth's surface um and it also it's important to understand because the earth spins like a top, the angle of that aquifer below will change a little bit, but the aquifer is still there. It's still roaming in the tunnels below. It's still the you've got these full aquifers below the earth. Um, and Mecca is one of these low-lying areas. Okay. And previously there used to be a river where the Zamzam well flows. That's why there's a depression there. There is a depression and, and there used to be a river. At one point, the river um, dried up because this, this region went desert. And remember, this was 9,000 or 8,000 years ago. Uh, this region went desert. So uh, because the earth spins, the angle of the aquifer below would have changed. And that caused the uh, water table the, to to come up at a different level and so it went below the depression of the earth and that's why you also have the Saraswati river that dried up uh, but Saraswati dried up much later it was about 4,000 years ago this would have gone desert a long time ago but so this the water table below the earth 
is not very far deep down, okay? Because it used to be, this is already a land that's depressed. There's a depression in the land. So there's already a depression in the land. It's just slightly below the surface. There is... Uh, the water table is very, very high up there. And that's why when the, um, the, when the uh, rain comes in a flash flood, there is no capacity to absorb the water. It's very important. And when, it, when the water table is full and it, it doesn't absorb the water, you're going to have it come above the surface. And because it comes above the surface, then you will have flooding. And that's how you get flooding very easily. So remember Mecca, where the Zamzam well was, there is, the Zamzam well is the last reminiscent of a river that was flowing. Um, and I'll tell you how I know that there was a river here. Having said that, uh, because this area was desert, it was the middle of nowhere, it's a desert. Now, it's not even been 50, 70 years that this area uh, has been developed. About 70 years ago until the 1960s, this area was still, you can look at the pictures in the 1960s, this was, you know, camels and donkeys roaming around here. Uh, this was not developed. There was just a Kaaba and a small enclosure around it. I mean, small uh, compared to other sites. This is really nothing. This is nothing, completely nothing. Um, so... Um, absolutely, this, this place is important to note that it was not developed at all. There is no sewage for people who don't know. There's no sewage over here because this is not an area where people live. There used to be encampments, areas, the old part of the city where traders lived, some uh, permanent, uh, what do you call, um, travelers, pilgrimage people lived. Uh, there were slaves over here very much. Very recently, the slavery was stopped. Uh, I think why well, the third king of Saudi Arabia stopped the king, uh, slavery, but there were slaves here. But there's not much of residents over here. The residents are very far, few and far between. They, there are natives of Mecca, absolutely natives. Uh, there is the old sector where you where they house you, where the old housing is. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. You can go there and see it. It's on Google and it's really gorgeous. Um, but all of this was built during the Ottoman time. So well, the Ottoman period is about 200 years approximately. and built. So whatever sewage from the Ottoman time exists, that's the same sewage used. Now the new sector of Mecca will definitely have sewage, but it doesn't have that much of capacity. Now this I read from a book written by a Muslim who was on one of the... Uh, you can go online and get it. It's called Mecca. Um, he's a British... Uh, Pakistani Muslim, and uh, obviously, obviously, there is um, yeah. He he knows he's. I think he was on on the committee. He says he was on the committee to to research uh, Mecca for further development of these of uh, the new Mecca uh, that's built the Kaaba, the area around the Kaaba. Um, so they were researching that. He was on one of the committees. And he gave his recommendation. So he knows a lot about it. There was a lot of research done. And he says the only sewage in Mecca okay, is from the old Ottoman period. The new Ottoman, the new period that's been built by the, the current Saudi kingdom, obviously the buildings and all will have sewage, but not the old sector. And um, look, it, it's not that developed as we think looking from here. And that's what it said. Uh, 
So first of all, you don't have much sewage, okay? So your sewage, you know very well that there are issues in the sewage. Uh, so it's not absorbing so much water. Then you see very clearly, um, then you see very clearly that the water table is very, very shallow, so it's not going to absorb water. Um, and then after you see that the flash floods come all of a sudden in one shot, so it's not going to absorb water. Now, this is not a phenomenon that is new. It, this, this water phenomenon, flash floods, would have happened even in the ancient times, okay? What did they do in the ancient times? There is nothing that talks about flash floods or flooding um, there's nothing that talks about geological activity, um, any uh, rain activity, water activity, flooding. There's nothing. How are they not talking about it? So is their uh, material on Mecca, the historical Islamic material on Mecca, true or not true? Because the geology doesn't change. The geography doesn't change. So your data should not change. It's the same. And I'll tell you why I know that there is... Um, um, there is um, a fault line underneath because this is a very seismic zone. Okay, very, very seismic zone. Um, the, so I researched the internet for information about this region and found a study done by the King Abdulaziz University showing that a place called Vadi Fatima, slightly north of Jeddah, along the Red Sea, 90 kilometers from Mecca, um, um, a region that is characterized by high electromagnetic activity and seismic activity. This wadi runs through volcanic and metaphoric rock. Wadi means valley, okay? To metaphoric rock of the Arabian shield with a fault line running through it. This would normally mean high magnetic energy field around the Kaaba. The zamzam that everyone talks about would have been at one point a river. While I disagree with the name back then, as named back then, Zamzan. Let's keep it as it is for now to explain the geography. So at one time, this area was a tropical forest with the area turning into arid desert. The rivers would have all but dried up. However, the water source table uh, remains as like everything else. A river is a duality, remember? The river is a flow of the water above the ground that mirrors a subterranean aquifer, aquifer below. While the river above the ground has dried up, below the surface, the aquifer remains. When the axis of the planet changes, the river will surface. Um, at a junction of a high electromagnetic field and a river, the ancients built temples and pyramids. Like on the Indian subcontinent, our temples and our encyclopedias of knowledge and debate, schools and universities. Something similar to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, a place where the locals learned about astronomy and electromagnetic cosmos, that cosmos which we are made up of, a cosmos that was cyclic, the power from within, how to transition from one junction to another, and how to balance our electromagnetic field. Without its knowledge, we have no chance of survival. So the Kaaba would have been part of a large scholarly complex where pupils would have come from far and wide to learn. Due to this fault in the Earth's crust, 
These fault lines were very were in an area of high electromagnetic energy, which frowned a went and thrust upwards with higher intensity like a garden hose. You baited or immersed yourself in the water around this area. Your electromagnetic field would be enhanced too. However, if you were positive, your positive energy would be reinforced. But if you were negative, your negative energy would be reinforced. The fault line only carries your energy upwards but cannot change it. Water is not only a good character of energy, but water natural but water natural sources have hygienic properties to enrich your body with minerals that help to regenerate your body. If the Kaaba has an astronomical inclination, then it was built before Arabia became desert. No one would build an astronomical monument in the barren desert if this knowledge of geomagnetism existed prior to this area becoming desert. This means the original structure existed prior to our procession cycle, without any doubt. At the last procession cycle um, and cataclysm that followed, the pyramid would have been damaged. What is left is just the inner sanctum. The locals would have used it to build, rebuild part of it, if ever. When this area went desert, it dis disintegrated completely. No one remembers the past. However, the traditions and stories trickle down. The Western Arabian plate encompasses at least 15 continental volcanic plates. Very important to note. These are Harat, basaltic lava movements. The Harat, Harat means a movement, okay? Uh, and when they talk about movements, it could be any movement, man-made movements, uh, animal movements. Uh, it means uh, like, you know, manifestation, things like that. But when you talk about geology, it's a geological movement, Harat, okay? Um, so the Harat al-Madina, a volcanic zone, as part of the Harat Rahat and Harat Asham, or independent volcanic fields. There exists a Western Arabian swell. That means along the Western Arabian coast, there are, there are 15 uh, continental volcanic plates, and each plate is, is a basaltic lava movement, and they form uh, a part of the volcanic region, which is the Western Arabian uh, belt, which mirrors, which runs along the Red Sea. The central axis of this swell, okay, uh, is referred to the Makkah Medina volcanic line, representing a north-south fissure system 600 meters long, stretching from Makkah in the south to Medina, bordering the Al Nafud shield in the north. There is a big possibility of earthquakes in the regions causing damage to ancient structures, um, while eventually disintegrating over time. Okay, so. What I'm trying to say here, my friends, um, is that this is a very, very seismic zone. I'm going to post a, a link on my uh, page uh, from the geology and the geophysics department of the King Saud University in, 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 Saud, in Saudi Arabia. It's to show you proof of the geological department, their study, of the geological field below Makkah, okay, and how it is very, 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 very seismic. I'm going to paste you the, uh, the links, and I, I would love for you to take a look at this. Um, 
the because it tells you all about Makkah. So in a seismic zone, you've got you've got a seismic zone going to your line. Okay, just like the Turkey earthquake. What happens in the seismic zone? There are always earthquakes. Earthquakes means your uh, buildings are falling down. Now in this Makkah region, there's no buildings. Okay, there's only desert and there are mountains. The mountains, mountains, mountains. So. Uh, not high mountains, but shallow mountain ranges. And every time there's, a de- there, there's an earthquake, the mountains, there's a cascade of, of rocks coming down. So do you think that people will stay here? Do you think that people will come to worship here? If there's so much of seismic activity, you think that people will um, actually live long term over here? Why? When you have, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you also have all these earthquakes happening around the zone. Uh, so... My my goal here is to tell you that if there is seismic activity, if there are earthquakes, what happens? That means people are going to die nonstop. And because they're going to die, because they're going to be left under these big rocks and boulders, there's going to be disease, there's going to be pandemic, there's going to be plague around this area a lot. Okay, So what happens when you have all these areas, plague, um plague, you have diseases, you have volcanic activity going on, people are going to leave this area, they're not going to stay in this area. And if they stay, they have to always isolate because there's always illnesses, diseases in the zone. So they have will isolate, isolate, isolate. So when they say um, a lot, you know, they had this area, there was an area in Makkah. Makkah, like I've been saying, is not found in the Quran. Makkah is found in the Old Testament. Makkah in the Old Testament means wounds. There is no word Makkah in the Quran. Absolutely none. Okay, very important for you to understand this. There is no word Makkah in the Quran. Uh, there's only one word and it's called Makata. And Makata does not uh, in any way mean uh, Makkah, the city of Makkah. Uh, it means within, from within the wounds. Very important. Uh, it is uh, Surah 48.24. Um, it means, and it says, Vahuva Allati Kafa Ayyidhum Ankum Vayadikum Anhum Bibatani Makata Min Badi. So it's not talking about Makkah, it's talking about Makata. And he who, who had held within man's hand, hands from you, had withheld your hands from them, from within Makata, which is from within your wounds, uh, after he has victors over them, Allah is a seer of what you do. So it means... The translation is of this verse, 48.94, as from within the valley of Mecca. But it's not true. It's, it's a false red, uh, rendition of this uh, because he's not talking about Mecca here. He's saying from within your wounds because Mecca and Makata are two different things. Uh, Mecca means wounds and Mecca is not given in the Quran. It's in the Old Testament. Why are they talking about wounds in the Old Testament? Because the Levant, like the, like the Red Sea region, is part of the same fault line. Lot of seismic activity. Seismic activity means volcanic events, uh, tsunamis, earthquakes, and all uh, people who are always pressurized, uh, you know, being killed, uh, famine, um, 
disease, plague. So they always have wounds. So he's always telling them to isolate. If you follow me, you do what I want, isolate and you'll have, you'll have, you'll be okay. And in order to get people to believe in their rhetoric, what they did was attach God to it, said God told you, and then they got God said this, God said that, and now they have an ideology and they have a religion. But actually it was rhetoric to, to secure you from this very difficult seismic zone that runs all the way from um, uh, the Mediterranean and the North Greek, the Asian island, Asian sea, Asian islands, uh, Turkey, you have Levant, um, you know, Syria, uh, Lebanon, uh, Israel, um, and Palestinian territories, Jordan, you come down all the way to Saudi Arabia. No, this is very volcanic zone, very important to understand. And Every time you have to ice, you, you live in this area, you, you will be uh, riddled with disease, sicknesses, uh, um, wounds, um, injuries because of the of volcanic rocks falling on you. And that's why you had the black stone. What is the black stone? That's also volcanic rock. Uh, or some say meteorite. Um, and if you have diseases, that's why Makkah, this regions were created Makkah, because Makkah was a region where like a leprosy colony, you send people to these zones uh, to isolate. And, and in those days, they let you die. They just let you die. So wherever there were Jews anywhere or people living in an area, isolated area, on the outskirts, you would have red zones. Red zone is anyone who got sick without even questioning. They would send you to these zones because you were sick and your entire tribe was sick and you would be you would be made to live there and die there. Once your tribe is there, even if your tribe is not sick and one person sick, your entire tribe be, is called Makkin tribe. To tell them that you'd once upon a time you had been cursed by God, you were not you were ill, you were not si- you were sick and and you'd been cursed by God. And unless you follow the rules of God, you will not be your title of Makkah will not be removed from you because everyone knows you have to be cursed by God. So that's the way they treated people who were sick before. They'd send them to these leprosy colonies. And from there onwards, you would have, you, you would be made to live it out, either die. And if you, if you, if you didn't die, then if you want to come back in the civilization, you had to do it the right way. Um, and that's why they got the tag, like I said. But, um, and so even in Makkah, this area was called um, a leprosy colony. But what is important to say that maybe not the whole town was a leprosy colony, one part of it, because the other place, the people who were not sick, who were not affected by diseases would live. So they would live uh, away a little bit, about a kilometer or two away from the main uh, Kaaba, uh, the main, the site. And that's important. Um, and if you look at the history, Islamic history, the text, um, it says very clearly at one time there was an ancestor of the Prophet Muhammad who rearranged the town because um, the town, the people living from in the town would be living away from the main Kaaba. And there was an ancestor from one of his tribes who came and rearranged the tra- town and brought them closer. But otherwise the town was all spread out. And why would you have a town spread out if you have, n- the only reason you'd have a town spread out is if there were people who were sick in this town. So when when they isolated, when if you'd go to help these people, okay, you'd have to isolate. 
You'd have to isolate because you are coming in contact with people who are sick in diseases. And the only way to know if you have not contracted it is isolate, which is what we did during COVID. It's no different. You have to isolate. We have done the same things forever and ever because we're cycles, we're currents and waves. You're going to repeat the same thing if you live in the same area because you have to survive. Now, if you isolated, where would you isolate? In an area that you were safe or area which you were protected from the sun because it's very hot there. And you would hide in the caves, in those caves around the, the mountains of Mecca, the small hills of Mecca. And those caves, one of those caves was Hira, the cave of Hira, we know. And in this cave of Hira, he isolated because Muhammad was known to be a man who uh, took care of the sick. He was helping the sick. That is confirmed history. Uh, there's a lot of rhetoric saying that he used to help the sick in Mecca and he tried to preach to them, but they never listened. He tried to preach to them for 13 years and that's why he fled to Medina after that. Um, and the people did not like him uh, over there. But he was preaching. Uh, he was, Sorry, he was healing the sick. Why would he heal the sick? How, how many sick were there? How did the sick get to be there in Mecca? Because this was an area that was once a leprosy colony, the bulk of this area. And um, he once he, he would have gone to help them in order to go back into the area where people lived, he would have to isolate. And that's why he isolated in the caves called Hira. And that's what the tradition I talked to you at the beginning of the, of the, um, of the subject of this podcast. Uh, and it says very clearly here, um, on, the, on the night of, um, uh, on the night of Layat al-Qadr, Prophet Muhammad received the first verses of the Quran through the meditation of the archangel Gabriel during the retreat in the cave of Hira, which marks the beginning of his prophethood according to the Islamic faith. So he was not really going to the caves of Hira in order to get some uh, uh, meditation or from the archangel Gabriel. He was not doing that. That was not what he was doing, my dear friend. He was doing one thing and only one thing. He was isolating because he was meeting, he was helping those who couldn't help themselves. He was helping those who people had left to die. They were leaving him to die. Them to die. And this man took it upon himself to help those people in spite of the danger to his life. That's important. And once he came out, he had to isolate to go back into his family. But it, it, it was, they have interpreted it as an ideology, as some invention from, from the archangel Gabriel, which never really happened. And that's important to say. So in order for you to decode this, you have to understand geology, geography. This is a seismic zone and people will do what they have to do to survive in a seismic zone, which is isolate. And that's why they go into the caves and around the place. Uh, not for any other reason at all. But that's how ideologies are, are built through narratives, uh, through history, uh, through reinterpretation. And we forget how it originally started. So this is how you interpret um, Makkah. I will put the links for the seismic activity uh, in my podcast. Please do take a look at it. In the meanwhile, I thank you so much for your time. I wish you a great day and cheers and stay safe.